From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms is in D.C. today to share the city's climate change plan in front of a Senate panel. Well, later in the show, we're going to be hearing about how leaders in many southern cities and towns are leapfrogging over ideology when it comes to planning for climate change. But first, live stage productions can frustrate the deaf. Even rare productions with real-time supertitles and signers generally place them off stage. Two University of Georgia alums have devised a solution. Haley Beach and Amara Ede are founders of Hands In in Athens. It's an educational nonprofit that produces original works in American Sign Language. They want to bridge the gap between the deaf and hearing audiences by spreading awareness of ASL and deaf culture in dramatic media. And Haley and Amara are joining us from our studio at Athens. At WGA. Hello. Hey. Hello. Good morning. Just want you to know I just spelled hi in ASL. Just learned that today. (laughs) (laughs) So glad to have you with us. Are there different schools? There are uh, many different schools I know in Georgia specifically designed for deaf and hard of hearing students, but scant opportunities for the deaf community in the arts. Is that what motivated you to create this deaf theater company? Yes. Um, so what we decided um, in the summer of 2017 um, is that it's just kind of like deaf people in the community have to wait for a role to appear, for a role to open for them, um, for somebody to actually need them to be deaf for a specific movie part or for theater production. Um, but we wanted to open an opportunity for anyone who enjoys the arts to um, audition no matter what Um, their language communication was. So we wanted to be able to do a show that a hearing person or a deaf person could audition for at any point in time. And there was just a lack of programming in the area um, designed for that specifically. So that's what motivated us to start Hands In. So you you both co-founded the theater in 2018. Do you both have a theater background? Amara, I think you do, right? Yes. So when I was in high school, I was involved in a local community theater um, I think Haley's background is a little bit more on the nonprofit side of things. And so when we started the theater, I was kind of um, leading her on that. But then when we turned it more nonprofity, she kind of led me on that. So it sounds like the right combination of experience, theater experience, nonprofit experience. Did you have a budget when you started? <laughs> no, no not, <laughs> everything <none at> <laughs> was completely out of pocket. So Amar and I spent a total of $40 the first summer. Uh, we went to uh, Park Avenue Thrift Store on 25-cent day on Wednesdays and clothed the entire cast and <laughs> all of their costumes. Um, but we did not have a budget the very, first summer. Very, very low-budget <laughs> costumes, very low-budget set. It was, But people were still really excited to see it. And so then when we moved up to the next year and actually started the nonprofit and had a little bit more flexibility, um, then people were really, I think, blown away because they were like, wow, you could do all that for $40. Imagine what we could do with $400. i am I'm astounded. Well, so, <laughs> so say that I'm there in the audience and in a hands-in production. What's different? What do I see? So well, what you're seeing on the stage is completely in American Sign Language. Um, you, as a hearing person, would come in and sit, and we have um, voice interpreters who are mic'd in the back of the theater. So you would be hearing everything in English, but seeing everything in American Sign Language. And a hearing person has the ability to do that. They have the ability to hear something and relate it to what they're seeing in front of them. So they can hear something behind them, see what's in front of them, and connect the two. Um, whereas a deaf person who comes in to sit, everything they see on stage, therefore, is completely accessible to them. Which is very opposite of like normal theater, where... Uh, the deaf person would have to be looking back and forth because typically, even if it's an interpreted show, it would be like a front row 
the the interpreters would sit on the front row. They rarely are on stage, so you're constantly looking back and forth and missing half of the action on stage because you're trying to understand the words that are happening. Which is what live theater is all about, that focusing on the stage. But noise can also play a role in traditional theater. You know, the... The, the sound effect of the screeching car or a gunshot or a noise outside the set. Do the interpreters also interpret those kind of sounds? So in our show, all of the action that is happening on stage is visual. Mm-hmm. So we any kind of cues, like say a doorbell happens, like we had one in our, our most recent production, there was a doorbell, all of the lights would flash. So anything that, that happens, say a gunshot, um, say a doorbell ringing, say somebody knocking on the door, all of that would be represented with the lights that we have in the show. Well, let's just hear a little clip from your most recent production, Wonderland, an adaptation of Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Let's hear that. What is your name, dear child? My name is Alice, your majesty. Who are these? Huh? How should I know? That's hardly any of my business. Oh, with her head! Oh, with her so a totally different thing here. Now, now the people who are interpreter who are actually speaking the part in the back, they have to time that perfectly. That's that's a challenge for a production. It definitely is. Um, we try to bring in our voice interpreters about halfway through our production run. We give our signing actors time to get really comfortable with their lines and get to the point where we're doing run throughs, and then we bring in our voicers and we give them their scripts at the beginning so that they can get familiar with the line so that they can be watching and trying to time it as well. Because most of our voicers don't know sign language, so it is a, a challenge, but one that they are up for and do really well with. Did you find that you have a lot of actors who do know American Sign Language? Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> toss-up from, from yeah. show to show. Sometimes we have um, more, like if... Depending on the show, we have like more people who are deaf and hard of hearing or more interpreters. This this time, we I think we had four deaf and hard of hearing people and then like three others that were or four or five others that were um, either their child was deaf, their sibling was deaf, their parents were deaf so that they were more fluent. And they are in- invaluable because they really help the actors that we have that show up knowing no sign language at all. And so we all kind of meet in the middle and get each other to the point that we're ready to present a fully accessible show. That's Amara Ede also with me. Haley Beach, founders of Hands In in Athens. It's a theater company for deaf and hard of hearing people. Um, Not just that. I just want to stress that it's not exclusively for that. But they center them in the action on stage rather than having them off sides, which traditionally happens in theater. So do you choose, did you, I don't know about the history of the production Wonderland. Did you write it or is this a play that you were just adapting? So with all of our productions, um, Amar and I sit down and write the English script. Mm -hmm. um, And then we have an American Sign Language Advisory Board that we sit down and meet with. um, And it is completely comprised of all deaf and hard of hearing individuals, people who are fluent. Their first language is American Sign Language. And then they transliterate it into the actual sign language that you see on stage. So what you are hearing is Amar and I's English script, but what you are seeing is our ASL advisory board's 
um, interpretation of the English script. Um, so we are responsible for the English portion, but they are responsible for the ASL. All right. So you've also previously done No Place Like Home, Nottingham, Ever After. How do you decide about which productions to stage? Um, well, typically we just pull from the public domain because we um, are a startup and so we don't have huge budgets to pay for the rights to big shows and hopefully we'll get there one day. But in the meanwhile, I think Kaylee and I have a lot of fun writing the English scripts. So we pull from classic stories in the public domain and we adapt them, make them a little bit more modern and add in some fun music that makes people excited like we try to get a really diverse um, genres of music. So for every like country song, we try to have like a punk rock song or something like that. Hmm. So the, there's a little something for everyone. How do you communicate the music, you know, the sort of tone of the music for the deaf audience? We typically do it through dance and through facial expressions. So, for instance, in our most recent production, we had a jazz song called Stray Cat Strut. And so for that, we, we used a lot of jazz dance moves. We used a lot of like... Um, cat-like facial expressions. We had him try and portray the music as best he could with his body while also signing the words. So you're both alums of UGA. What did you study respectively or, or, or how were you prepared for this opportunity working with the community? I'll ask you first, Haley. Um, so I actually study communication sciences and disorders, um, which people in my major typically go on to be speech pathologists or audiologists. Um, and so I, I got to learn a little bit more in that major about how hearing aids work, how cochlear implants work, things like that. Um, so I learned just a smidge about deaf culture with that. But then I also it opened up my schedule to be able to take all of the American Sign Language courses that were offered at UGA. Um, and I also did a graduate program in nonprofit management while I was here. So that honestly has been the most helpful part of my college education. And you may you may hold the on. record at forty dollars of starting a nonprofit on the least <laughs> money I've ever heard of. How about for you, Amara? What was your background? Um, so my undergrad degree is in biological sciences. So very okay. Helpful. I'm seeing this all come together. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, when I was a student because I I graduated a few years before Haley did. Um, American Sign Language was not offered as a foreign language course, so I wasn't even able to take it. Because um, it was just a communication disorders, like you had to be in that major, and I wasn't, so I wasn't able to take it as a student. But the year after I graduated, of course, they opened it up as a language. <laughs> so I just um, reached out to the professor, and I was like, "Hi, I'm still in town, and I would really love to learn more about this language." Because I had started learning a little bit by myself, and um, he welcomed me, and I audited that class the year after I graduated, and now that professor is the chairman of our ASL advisory board. I'm curious about, you said the feedback has been really good from the community, but tell me about the audience. Are many of them deaf or hard of hearing? You know, as, as you see, as you produce more shows, are people coming back to see more? So we actually have one family in particular that we love. They are called the Edmondson family, um, and they drive just about three hours to see our production um, every time we have a production. They so have not missed one they yet. They have not missed one yet, um, and we get to see the girls. We are so excited to see them every time. We get to see them grow up, which is so fun. Um, they have two deaf um, 
uh, daughters, and they bring them to every show that they have. Um, and really, our first production of No Place Like Home was the first time that they had ever met anyone else with a cochlear implant or hearing aid like themselves. Wow. And so it was so cool for them because they walked up to one of our actors and they were like, oh, you have you have a cochlear implant too. You have one like me. And then all of a sudden, all the other actors started coming up and pulling their hair back and showing that they had cochlear implants too. And so like it was really great to see the girls' faces because they were like shocked that so many other people in the world were like them. Mm. Oh, yeah, we cried. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Imagine it's worth it. Um, so, do you have any plans to take it outside of Athens or take shows on the road? Uh, ideally, in the next couple of years, we'll be trying to move to Atlanta. Um, I think we'll probably be in Athens at least for this ne- this upcoming season. Um, but the deaf community in Atlanta in Atlanta is much bigger than the one in Athens, so we're definitely trying to move out that way. Well, Haley Beach, Amara Ede, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Haley Beach and Amara Ede, they're co-founders and directors of Hands in Theater in Athens. It's a nonprofit that produces plays in American Sign Language for the deaf and the hard of hearing community. Well, coming up, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms from Atlanta is going to be in D.C. today. She's testifying in front of the Senate Committee on Climate Change. And the question here is conservative, liberal, while ideology doesn't really matter to leaders in many southern cities and towns when it comes for planning for climate change. But first, you think scooters are dangerous? Try walking or biking in Atlanta. We're going to hear about the challenges of sharing the road when we come back. But you can always join the conversation that's going on on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. Tell us what you're hearing. Tell us what you'd like to hear. Tell us if you heard something that made you think or talk about it with somebody else. You also are on Twitter at OST Talk. You can email us on secondthought at gpb.org. You can leave us a message. We're at 404-500-9457. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stick around. On Second Thought we will be right back after a short break. <laughs> 